Welcome to the Plymouth Meeting Church Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. We hope the following message touches your hearts and minds. In the book of Genesis 1, 31 through 2, 3, we read, God saw all that he had made, and it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. Thus the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. By the seventh day, God had finished the work that he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. Exodus 20, 8 through 11. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you, nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servants, nor your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns. For in the six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and all that is in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. So last month, I had to go to Blacksburg, Virginia for a funeral. It was a a quick trip. And uh, I got to stay in a hotel room with my two older brothers. Uh, My oldest brother is 10 years older than me. And and so it's just like, it's been a a long time since the three of us have stayed in one room together. I can't tell you the last time we did that. It it predates my memory, most, most likely. So it was a really unique experience, Uh, Benjamin, Brandon, and Cameron all sharing a hotel room together. Uh, Well, uh, overnight there, uh, my my brother woke up, and he didn't know where he was. He he had that experience. And he he was in the bed next to the hotel wall. There was artwork, and he was... He like didn't know where he was. He saw this artwork and was like, "What? What is that?" Um, and have you had that experience before? It's just a brief, brief couple of moments, and then, and then all of a sudden, it's like, "Oh, something clicks. Reality, something's there." Forgetting can be a really scary thing. It can be confusing. Not not knowing where you're at for a second, or, or just like just something just seems odd, like a big piece of information is just missing from your head. It can be confusing and annoying and frustrating even. Amnesia, whether it's like the short-term or long-term memory kind, I mean, that, that can really change how you live. And for some of, some of you who uh, perhaps know somebody who's, who has dementia, Alzheimer's, you know, like, yeah, it's, it's heartbreaking stuff when we see people slowly start to slip away and change. Forgetting... Forgetting can really change how you experience and learn through through life. And so sometimes, you know, forgetfulness is due to just moving too fast in life. We're just trying to do too many things at once. Who's been there before? You're just trying to plow through things and then you just got to get to the grocery store and you forget your grocery list. You just got to get to the grocery store, and then you forget your really nice reusable bags at home, and you're just like, ah, oh, I forgot again, you know? Oh yeah, where's my list? Like, we, we just move so fast. Uh, sometimes uh, we are 
we forget things because we're emotionally drained. We, we are just overloaded and due to emotions, negative or positive or whatever the case may be, just due to just the amount of emotional whatever going on in our life, something slips through the cracks and, and we forget something. Recently in my life, um, at the end of September, uh, as, as, as you know, we, we lost our beloved Labrador, Nora, just suddenly, very, very quickly, uh, we didn't see it coming, we lost our dog, and then like six days after that, we went, on, we, were, we were a part of the church trip to Sight and Sound Theaters in Lancaster County, so this was just like the weekend after we lost our dog, just like six days later, and it was, I don't know, maybe two and a half hours, two hours before showtime, and then out of like, all of a sudden, it just, it just hit us, it was like, Where's our sight and sound tickets? And it felt so foreign. It felt so weird. It was like, why are we here? What are we doing today? Like, what's going on? Why do we need tickets? Like, it, it was just like, like where we were at, Jess and I, like our state, it was just, we were trying to see sight and sound, you know, the show, but like, like it just made no sense. And that like, like that's what the emotional roller coaster of grief can do to us. It can just really just change how we're perceiving life and how we're just kind of navigating stuff. <coughs> we live in a fast-paced world, right? Some things we want fast. Most of us prefer fast internet. If we had to go back to dial-up or DSL or like really slow internet, like we, that would probably like we would explode. Like, if we had slow internet again, all right? We have on-demand TV. Yes, fast technology. You know, we, we, we can get instant weather reports. Of course, there's the 24-hour news cycle. We have access to it. Uh, sometimes it, our phones, it, it pushes notifications to us. Whether we, we like it or not, we are bombarded by this stuff. We have all this technology that's designed to save us time. A good example in my life right now is the wash machine and dryer. Actually, I washed this this morning. Washed and dried it, this shirt. I needed it for today. I wanted to wear it. Progress. Technology. We got to, we got to uh, wash this and here it is today. But here's the thing. Here's the, the other side of doing laundry. Right now at home, we have a pile of laundry on our bed that we need to fold and put away. And even with the amazing technology of a wash machine and a dryer that, that's able to speed everything up, it's like we're still behind on folding and putting laundry away. Can you imagine if we had to do the old-timey like washboard thing and clothesline situation? <coughs> we have technology, but yet we're still falling behind. The world is moving fast. You can probably relate to this. It seems like you're always trying to play catch-up. Busyness, I've noticed, observed, it also pervades our vocabulary. Sometimes the way that we talk to one another, it's just shaped by busyness. We communicate by swapping stories about how busy we are. We pride ourselves in it. Years ago, there was a project manager uh, for a company that I worked for, and he would show up to a job site, and he would just spend time talking about how busy he was. 
<laughs> I, I, you know, I'm just like the grunt. I'm just the worker. But I'm observing. I'm like, you're taking 30 minutes of your day just to talk about how busy you are. I'm like, well, maybe you just get back to work and you can, <laughs> right? So, but like, that's we we get in this this treadmill, this rut of just talking about how busy we are. Perhaps for some of us, our schedule is filled up with good stuff. We do stuff for God, for the church. We do stuff for others. We serve, we serve, we serve. And then kind of like that shadow side of of stuff starts to sneak up and we're like, wait a second, wait. I'm doing stuff for God. I'm doing stuff for others. I mean, I'm doing stuff for myself, like good stuff, like self-care. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to take care of myself so that I can continue to serve and do stuff, right? I, I, I'm, a, I'm a doer. I, I, I do all this stuff. And sometimes we're just like, wait, hold the phone. We do stuff for God. But have we forgotten to just be with God? So if anything is resonating with you thus far, we have wisdom from God. So ladies and gentlemen, let's check out some wisdom. Let's talk about Sabbath. There's lots to talk about Sabbath. We're going to start it today and we're going to keep going for a couple weekends here. And it's going to be really good stuff. But if you have your Bibles, please turn to Exodus chapter 20. That's where we're going to start today. Exodus chapter 20. This is a post-Egypt scene, Mount Sinai scene here. Okay, God breaks his people, Israel, Israel, out of Egyptian jail, right? Slavery. They're, they're in freedom now. They're, they're at Mount Sinai. And God, what he needs to do with these nation, this nation of former slaves is that he needs to make them a nation. He's reinstituting them to be a nation. He needs to give them structure. He ends up giving them this big manifesto, how to live. 613 laws, commands, rules, things like that. It's it's a big, this is my prescribed way of how you're going to live, Israel. And of course, the first ten are called the Ten Commandments, right? So this is where we're at, Mount Sinai. God is teaching Israel how to live. Commandment number four is this. Exodus chapter 20, I'm going to read verses 8 through 11. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter or your manservant or maidservant, nor your animals, nor the alien within your gates. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, But he rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. One thing to notice is that there's a lot of words there for the fourth command. Commandment. Other other commandments, it's just like, thou shalt not murder. And that's it. And then we move on to the next one. God takes time to tell a story with this commandment. God says, remember the Sabbath day. It's the only commandment that begins, of of the ten, that begins with remember. Notice, God doesn't say, remember not to murder anybody. Okay? He doesn't need to say that. God already seems to know something about humanity that we might forget how to Sabbath. That Sabbath 
might be an issue. Forgetting the Sabbath might be an issue. And also notice, it's the only commandment that gives a reason why behind the command. Again, God doesn't explain why we are not to murder. Right? Where's that? Verse 13. You shall not murder, period. Okay? But with the Sabbath, God gives us a why. Why do we remember the Sabbath? Because it is holy. And we'll come back to this idea of holiness in a little bit. But for now, the basic lesson is this. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. For some Jewish families, they have this tradition. They light two candles right before Sabbath time begins. And so if they're traditional Jews, they'll start this about 20 minutes before sundown on Friday. Because the seventh day, Saturday, is their their Sabbath, right? So on Friday evening, before Sabbath begins, they light two candles. Why do they do this? Well, it's, it's to remind them of Exodus 20... Right here. And then also, later in Deuteronomy 5, there's uh, this gets repeated. To remember and observe the Sabbath. That's what those candles do. And so right there in their home, they light candles to mark it out. They can visibly see the candles, the flame. They are remembering to observe the Sabbath. Also in Jewish culture, there's this saying called Tanakh Shanishva, which means the child who was captured. Or like a, yeah, captured child, captured infant. Tanakh, Tanishba. Only a Jewish child that was captured and raised by non-Jewish people would ever forget the Sabbath. In other words, for a Jew to forget the Sabbath, that person would have had to gone through some serious cultural displacement. And so the Jews even have a word for this, a term for this. You know, to forget the Sabbath is like to forget who you are. To forget the Sabbath is to forget your culture, your identity. To be a Tanakh Shanishva uh, is like being a little Jewish kid who was captured and raised by Egypt. Okay? Sabbath is important to God. Sabbath is important to God's people. How important is Sabbath to you? And so as Christians, we're not most likely going to approach Sabbath like our, our Jewish friends. But there is something about Sabbath that is critical to our identity. Forgetting to Sabbath will have serious effects upon our identity as believers. And so let's dig a little bit deeper. We're going to go to Genesis now. In Genesis, there's two creation accounts. You have Genesis 1, that's the first creation account. It actually goes until the third verse of chapter 2. And then the rest of chapter 2 is a second creation account. But just to keep it simple, right? The, the six days of, of creation, the, the, the seven-day seven week here, God creates, let there be light, let there be, let there be. God creates and orders for the first three days, and then he fills the earth with a bunch of different creatures and all of that. Day one, day two, day three, day four. Genesis chapter one. Beginning of the Bible here. I'm going to read verse 31 and then go into chapter two. 
This is the end of day six. God saw all that he had made, and it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning the sixth day. Thus the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. And God blessed the seventh day and made it holy. Because on it, he rested from all the work of creating he had done. So creation here is all complete on day six. Everything that God wanted to create was done on day six. He created and ordered, it's done. And the world is deemed very good. One author points out that goodness here, it means more than objective goodness, but it also means relational goodness. Meaning like the whole big picture is good. This world and all the connections inside of it, all the relationships, all the ties, everything is good. Creation has this intrinsic worth and value. All the diverse parts of creation, whitetail, deer, and squirrels, and oak trees, and, and, and cricks, right? Like, it's all beautiful. It's all there for a reason. It's good. It's good. It's good. The order, the coherence, the intricate design, it's all good. But then look at verses 1 and 2 of Genesis 2. Do you see that after God created everything, God finishes, he completes everything on day 6. And then this is the NIV. It's the same word in Hebrew. But they they use this word, um, God completes the work on day 6 and then finishes the work on day 7 as he enters into rest. Do you notice that? Sabbath is the climax of the creation week. Seven is symbolic for fullness, completeness. God completes his work, and then it seems that God really completes his work when everything rests. And I don't know this for certain, but maybe the text is is saying something to us here. That our work isn't done until we rest. That might not sound mind-blowing, but it's almost like Finishing our work is not the true end of the work. It's not until we rest and we completely break away. That's when it is finished. Like rest is part of the completion of our work. Work isn't complete until we we Sabbath. Until Sabbath has a chance to say so, that's when we get to rest. And also just notice the, the pattern and the rhythm here that God sets. God is a worker. God works for six days and then he rests on the seventh. There's a cadence here. There's a rhythm here in the creation creation week. God has placed and built into the cosmos, into the DNA of everything that exists, this cadence. Six days of work, one day of rest. Six and one. Six and and one. It's important to, uh, to, to make this point here. Work and rest are not opposites. It's a symbiotic relationship. Okay? There is a mutual uh, relationship between work and rest. They are both valuable partners to one another. They They provide valuable services. And I would say, to truly Sabbath is to work well. And to truly work well is to Sabbath. Well, and so besides the rhythm, it's also interesting that that 
humanity arrived on, on day six, indicating that humanity's first full day, humanity's first full day was a, was a full day of, of Sabbath. The word Sabbath means to cease or stop, but it also means to celebrate. God works, and then God intentionally takes time to rest and enjoy his good creation. And humans, and actually all of creation, non-human creatures too, everyone's invited to celebrate and delight in God, celebrate and delight in the good world that he made. God's goodness and the generosity and his, his, uh, the, the creative genius and the, the abundance of everything and, and the diversity and just, yes, everything is to be enjoyed. Just drink it in, soak it in, delight. Take time to celebrate and rest on the Sabbath. And now it's essential. We need to go a little bit deeper. Check out chapter 2, verse 3. What does God do to the day of rest? He blesses it, and he makes it holy. So I want to talk about these two words here. The word blessed, in Hebrew it's barak. Three times in the creation account, God baraks, he he, he blesses. He blesses living creatures. He blesses the Adam, the human. Similar language for both of those. Be fruitful and increase and fill the earth. And then here... God blesses the seventh day. God blesses a day. Time. So here's the thing. The God of the Bible is a God who loves life. Dear animals, there is a God, a creator behind you, who promotes life. Go procreate and make more life and fill the earth. Humans, you too, same thing. Go promote life. Go procreate and fill the world. Increase and multiply. And if there's a correlation between blessings and life, well then Sabbath must be a life-giving day. Sabbath is the day you stop filling up the world, but instead Sabbath fills you up. God fills you up. Sabbath is a life-giving day of rest with God and in God. For he has blessed it. Next, let's take a, take a look at this word, holy. Kadosh. It's a fun word to say. Kadosh means sacred, set apart. God makes this amazing universe through like space, right? Billions and billions of galaxies. And it's just mind-blowing and it's fun. But then we can also zoom down on like the nano level and there's a world that we can't see it's amazing how complex and beautiful and ordered everything is god has created everything he has formed humanity out of the dust places the human in the garden humans are made in the image of god male and female but in terms of holiness what's deemed as holy there's no temple or like sacred mountain, or there's no special cave, or anything like that. None of that is called holy. The thing that God calls holy, again, it's, it's time. What's holy in our text? It's time. The day to rest with God. 
kind of like a back to the future, time travel kind of language here, but it's, it's not necessarily where we meet up with God, but when we meet up with God. Because God is found in time. Sabbath is based right into the DNA of reality. A day set apart and dedicated to God. Let's go to Exodus chapter 16. Exodus chapter 16. This is the uh, manna and quail story. You might might know this story. I, I won't repeat and tell the whole story right here. But in Exodus chapter 16, uh, God is giving directions on how to gather manna, this mysterious edible material that appears on the ground six days a week, every single morning. Early in the morning, it's there, you wake up, and there is manna. It's only around for a little while, though, because when the sun comes up and it starts to get hot, it melts away. So what you got to do is six days a week, you got to get up and gather the manna. But on Fridays, on day six, you collect twice as much. And here's why. I'm going to start with uh, verse 22 here. Or I'll start with verse 21. Each morning, everyone gathered as much as he needed. And when the sun grew hot, it melted away. On the sixth day, they gathered twice as much. Two omers for each person. And the leaders of the community came and reported this to Moses. He said to them, this is what the Lord commanded. Tomorrow is to be a day of rest, a holy Sabbath to the Lord. That's our key phrase there. So bake what you want, boil what you want to boil, save whatever is left and keep it until morning. So they saved it until morning as Moses commanded, and it did not stink or get maggots in it. That's good. Eat it today, Moses said, because today is a Sabbath to the Lord. You will not find any of it on the ground today. Six days you are to gather it, but on the seventh day, the Sabbath, there will not be any. Okay, verse 23 there. What's the Sabbath day? It is a Sabbath day of rest. A holy Sabbath to the Lord. Sabbath, Hebrew word is Shabbat. Okay, it's a day that is set apart, dedicated. It's unique, set apart for God. To be clear, God is with his people every single day of the week. But there is something special about the seventh day. And God is inviting his people to trust. Hey friends, just gather twice as much manna. It's going to be okay. Just just gather twice as much. Just trust. Come to me. Trust me in this relationship. The seventh day is a day to trust, rest, and just be. I'm going to provide. You don't need to go out and collect manna. The seventh day is special. Now, brothers and sisters, there's so much more to talk about Sabbath, and that's why we are going to spend a couple couple weeks talking about Sabbath. But as a way of introduction, I hope you're starting to pick up on the fact that, one, Sabbath is God's idea, and that Sabbath is very important to God. And if we choose not to Sabbath, Or if we are forced by others and we can't Sabbath, or due to circumstances we cannot Sabbath, that goes against life as God intended it to be. It's a challenge for us to hear. 
When we do not Sabbath, that goes against life as God intended it to be. So as Christ followers here, if you want to see more of the kingdom of God, this is how I define kingdom of God. It's life as God intended it to be. It's, it's life when, when God rules your heart and world, the kingdom of God. When the king is there, when the king is, is leading the way, and you're following the king and obeying the king and serving the king and all that good stuff, fulfilling the, the king's mission, life as God intended it to be. As Christ followers, if we want to see more kingdom of God, if, if you want to see that show up in your life, I'm willing to say this. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb here. I, I, I promise you, friends, if you start practicing Sabbath, like true Sabbath rest, even if all you can do is honor a few hours a week, if you start there and truly honor Sabbath, even if it's just a couple hours a week, you will see glimmers of God in your life. You will see life as God intended it to be. Your heart will be allowed to catch up. Now there is so much good in our world and, and culture. So much good in our society. There's good food. And I'm very thankful for, again, technology and modern medicine and air conditioning and all that good stuff. I love movies and music. In fact, this Tuesday... I'll be at ministry council, but John Williams and Yo-Yo Ma are touring together, and they're going to be down in the city. John Williams, the guy who, who wrote like Star Wars and Indiana Jones, the music, the composer, right? The Harry Potter theme song, Superman. You guys know John Williams, right? John Williams and Yo-Yo Ma, the, the famous cellist, they're touring together. Like, how cool is that? There are good things in this world, things to enjoy. But you know what? There's also a lot of things that are nutty. There's a lot of hot, fiery garbage out there. There's a lot of pressures that we face. So many of us, we get trapped on the treadmill of, of XYZ. It's, it's all these various treadmills. We might be on the treadmill of perfectionism. And then finally, we, we step off that treadmill only to step on another treadmill. Perhaps it's the treadmill of urgency or hurry and rush. Perhaps you've been to a gym before and you've seen the lineup of treadmills. Can you imagine just trying to walk across fast-moving treadmills? Like, that's what life feels like sometimes. Now, depending on your age and socioeconomic status and employment, all that, you know, there, some of you are retired, right? So we're all kind of approaching Sabbath differently right here. For those, who, those of you who are retired... I've heard this before. It's like you retire and then it's like you're even more busier in life. That doesn't have to be a bad thing, but it's something I hear. The factors may change between us, but really, in the American story, stress, weariness, being worn out. That's becoming such an overriding storyline for so many of us. Softly and tenderly, Jesus is calling, but like, wait, I have so much to do. I'm so behind schedule. There's so many things on my plate. I'm trying to play catch up. Did I recommit to, sorry, did I overcommit to, to things, maybe? Or maybe there's something else. Maybe I'm forgetting 
this ancient wisdom of practicing Sabbath. So yes, in life, there's a lot that's going on. So much going on. So remember the Sabbath. Remember the Sabbath. How do we remember Sabbath? By keeping it holy. And that means we need to be intentional. Sabbath will not just happen. You don't just learn how to ride a bike. You don't just, you're not just born and then you, you start on the track team the next week. It doesn't, it doesn't happen that way. Remember and observe the Sabbath. You have to be intentional about it. You need to plan for it. You need to fight for it. You need to unplug and disconnect and turn off work. Sabbath isn't just not working. You, you need to shut it down in here too. There's like work that you get paid for. There's work that you don't get paid for. But like, just God says, no, you say no to it. You shut it down. And you come, you come to God and you rest. We rest with God. Isaiah 58, 13 says, Sabbath is a delight. It's a day to enjoy God. So I want to encourage you to keep thinking about this. It's a day to... Pray and play. To worship and rest. Eat good food. Take a good nap. Get some ugly sleep in. Do you know what ugly sleep is? Ask Jess later. We're almost done. God said to the created world, it is very good. And on Sabbath day, we get to be in the choir and we get to sing back. It is very good indeed. And again, there's so much more to say about Sabbath. And maybe it even made you a little bit mad today. Because perhaps you're a parent. Or a, you're a caretaker. Or maybe you don't have the privilege to take a break. Due to poverty or, or some bad situation. Or whatever the case may be. Maybe some of you just haven't been able to really take a break. And so you're kind of wrestling with this today. You're like, Sabbath is a joke. Are you kidding me? Wherever you're, you're coming from, just please, I invite you to come back next week. Sabbath is good. Sabbath is gospel. It's good news. And again, some of us, we might not be able to do a 24-hour Sabbath. But if I can encourage you, even just a couple hours, couple hours, if you can be really intentional with making this a practice, a habit. So remember that the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Remember God. Remember Good Friday and Easter. Remember that life is a gift. Remember to celebrate. Remember to slow down and worship. Remember to pray and play. Remember to be present with God and with others. Remember simplicity. Remember the goodness of God. Let's close in prayer.